The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Matt Willis. Uh, hello, Matt Richardson. How are you? I'm good. It feels like I've not spoken to you for ages. I realised something before we got on this call. I realised that this is the longest I haven't seen or spoken to you in over a year. It is madness, isn't it? Who'd have thought, eh, that all it took was a global pandemic to turn you into my friend? Exactly. Exactly. How are you doing this week? I'm good. I'm good. I'm being one of those really annoying people. You know when you listen to an interview with someone and they're eating and you hear... All that horrible shit that comes out. Yeah. I was just being that guy, sorry. What are you eating? Oh my God, don't even get me started. Hang on, before you even start, I bet it's something really unfun. Well, it's disguised as fun, but it's not fun. Okay, what is it? It's a nugget. Nuglet. A nugget. <laughs> it's a salted almond butter. Five ingredients wrapped in chocolates, naturally vegan, gluten and dairy free. Oh. But how can you make chocolate that's dairy and... Yeah, I don't understand it. Look, I'm all for being vegan, being gluten-free, being dairy-free. Yeah. However, these snacks, to be good, you've just got to pick one. You can be vegan and delicious. Yeah. You can be gluten-free and delicious. Or you can be dairy-free and delicious. As soon as you pick more than one, you're just rubbish. You are so on the money there, Matt. You are son of money. You know what? If I wanted something that was vegan, gluten-free and dairy-free, I would have a fucking apple. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all you need. You don't need anything else. I can't stop eating them, though. They're disgusting. Are they? Ugh. Oh, my God. I went to a chocolate shop today. Sam and I bought... We drove past this little independent chocolate shop and we were like, we're absolutely going in there. That is so middle class. I love it. I know, we were just like, oh, it's a little chocolate factory. Oh. <laughs> they wouldn't tell us who they make chocolate for, but they're like a little independent factory. And I think they make like all Fortnum and Mason's chocolate and all that. But it was like dirt cheap because it was their factory shop. And we spent £60 on proper chocolate. So uh, Really? I've got a bar of chocolate that must be a foot wide. It's fucking amazing. Incredible. So we're having very different weeks with our health. Yeah, we are. My daughter had an allergy test and um, I forced one upon her. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Come on, darling, you're at a middle class school. There must be an allergy. Exa exactly. You've got to have an allergy because every every the cool kid does. <laughs> I got her a blood test and she she came back. She's dairy and gluten intolerance. Oh, no. But through the fucking roof, dude. So I am all over it. Of course you are. I was like, brilliant. Let's go. Oh. I mean, she absolutely hates me for it. <laughs> She's so miserable. And the other day we were out. She was about five days in. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm, I'm trying really hard to find her things that are delicious that aren't obviously against the diet. And we were out and I got her some snacks in the bag, which were terrible. Oh, no. And I suddenly heard that fucking noise of the ice cream van. <gasps> and um, my other two went, 
crazy <laughs> running towards it, you know, and like we all kind of walked towards oh. her. I was like, oh my God, I can see what's going to happen. Can she know? She can have an ice lolly. Who wants an ice lolly? She could have a zap. Oh, I love a zap. No, you can't have a zap. Zap's got dairy in it. Oh, really? Yep, I looked. Tell you what, though, I've not thought about zaps for about 15 years, but it, longer than that, probably. But that's so upsetting. Yeah, she could just have a little lolly, couldn't she? Yeah, she could, but she didn't want that. She was devastated because oh. they all had like a 99 with sauce and all that shit. And she was yeah. like, just sad. Oh. And so I think she was looking at me to go, oh, go on, go on, have one. And I was like, nah, we're staying strong. <laughs> we are strong. What you need to do, I think, I've got a lot of friends, as a millennial, I've got a lot of friends who are uh, dairy intolerant. It sort of like goes par for the course. Right. What you need to teach her is certain things it's worth having diarrhoea for. <laughs> That's the thing with all my dairy intolerant friends. They don't do dairy Unless it's really worth it. Yeah. So like really good cheese or really nice ice cream. And each one's got a different vice that they're like, you know what? I've got the day off tomorrow so I can shit myself senseless. I'm going to have some break. <laughs> what you need to do is go, that isn't worth it. But maybe give her amazing dairy stuff because you'd be like, look, this cheese is so good. It's going to be worth it one day. Well, the thing is, right, is that also she was... um going to do 30 days right so so basically 30 days um and then you can retest so you can bring like dairy or gluten back in and see if you react but really it's 90 days i just haven't told her it's 90 really? days oh, no. so i'm gonna make her do the 30 days and i'm gonna get there and then have to explain it's actually 90 <laughs> days so i haven't quite worked out where, what i'm gonna do at that point yet you know what mate <laughs> i'm a big fan of your style of parenting defer any hard conversation for 30 days exactly <laughs> But I was like, it's only 30 days. Amazing. Yeah. I'm going to have to buy her a present in the 90 days. I'm going to have to go, right, okay, if you do 90 days, I'll get you something you want. But all she wants is a puppy and fuck that. Yeah, mate. They're glu- Sorry, there's gluten in puppies. Sorry, babes. Oh. Is that, is that, I think you've got a dog hair allergy, actually. <laughs> I think you'll find. <laughs> By the way, hello, everyone. Hi. If you're tuning in thinking, what are these two idiots talking about? and wondering what you've tuned into. This show, basically, we have a guest on every week and we talk to them about the stuff they do when no one's watching. So we've had quite a lot in the past, haven't we, Matt? We've had loads of weird ones. We've had loads of great guests as well, like, you know, the likes of Ramesh Ranganathan, Laura Whitmore, uh, a little band called Busted. Don't know if you've heard of them. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Ian Sterling, Jamie Lang. And this week we are joined by an amazing comedian. He's one of my favourite comedians to watch of all time. You've seen him on Strictly Come Dancing, Live at the Apollo, Mock the Week, every TV show going. It is the wonderful Sean Walsh. And he comes and he brings some weird confessions. Some of them are about food. Some of them are about things he likes to watch. The same as every single episode of this podcast, if you're a regular. But if you are new, that's what you can expect. If you're enjoying this episode, you can get a longer episode version on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash W-N-O-W. If you sign up to that, you can get an ad-free version of the podcast or you can pay a bit more and get an extra confession from our celebrity guest. Isn't that right, Matt? Yes, it is. And um, that's not all because during the show, we get your listener confessions in. So in this show, you will hear one listener confession where you send in your confession to us and we judge you with the guest accordingly. But if you're part of the Patreon, you get lots more of them absolutely and you are all filthy bastards you really are you disgust me in a fantastically sexy way but now here's sean walsh confessing what he gets up to when no one's watching this is when no one's watching the podcast where celebrities confess their guilty pleasures and then we decide whether they're good bad crack on and stop feeling embarrassed about it or bad bad go straight to bed no tea and think about what you've done You might be asking why they tell us these things, and it's basically because we are guilty pleasures, aren't we? I'm Matt Richardson, uh, Heat Magazine's weird crush of the year. 
And I'm Matt Willis from Busted. Yeah, I know, yeah. So, Sean, I'm looking forward to this because I asked you to come on the podcast and you listed off hundreds of confessions to me. Yes. So you have a lot of these. So, you know, it's something you have thought about before. Yes, well, it's basically how I think. And the, the, the difficulty for me was just was getting it down to a few. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good problem for us to have. Yes. Yeah. And I also, by the way, I should say, Matt, you told me that you do the one where you can scratch the inside of your nostril and you sneeze. Yeah, well, we had a really long discussion about how enjoyable it is, where you make yourself sneeze on purpose. Yeah, I also do that. I didn't know there was anyone else in the universe that could do that, and it's me and you. It's just us two. To purposely make yourself sneeze? Yeah. Yeah, so you like, Matt, what do you do? So I go for pointer finger. Do you? Yeah, I do. I go for little finger. Do you really? Yeah. Well, I go pointer. That says a lot about both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. But, and then I go, so backside to the middle of the nose, and you just sort of touch the middle of the nose with the backside of your nail, and it makes you sneeze, and it just feels nice. It just feels nice to sneeze. Yes, yeah, amazing. Really? Right. Well, do you remember, was it that thing where when you were at school, everyone's like, well, a sneeze is like... A quarter of an orgasm. An eighth of an orgasm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this a bit of self-love then, Matt? Is that what this is? It's just sometimes <laughs> you feel like, I don't know, when, when do you do it, Sean? When is your moment to do this? Normally at night watching telly on the sofa. Yeah, and you just think, I've had a good day. I know what would make this better. Some people go, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to treat myself to a bit of chocolate this evening. Yeah. Whereas Sean and I go, I'm going to have myself a little sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> Eight sneezes in a row... And you don't feel as depressed afterwards and as lonely and sad. <laughs> See, I do eight sneezes in a row and then I feel more depressed and guilty about what I've done. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not in the official list, but it is nice that we've got a bonus one from you as well. So I feel like you're okay about sharing confessions. You're not, you don't feel weird about confessing your, your secrets to the world. Absolutely not. No, they're fine. Great. I'm proud of them. Let's get stuck in them. What is your first confession, please, Sean? The first one is I am a closet wrestling fan and I basically listen to free, free hour wrestling podcasts a week and use them to go to sleep. So this is like WWE, right? And WCW and ECW and AEW. Uh, what? <laughs> so there's more, there's, are they like the lower leagues? <laughs> What are they? Uh, yeah, can you explain these other uh, wrestling? The first division. Uh, is there a division? What, what's Isn't going it on? terrible? In my mind, I'm thinking, you loser. You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so what are these different wrestling um, leagues? So I'm about to bore you. Strap in. Yeah, fine. Okay, I'm strapped in. Obviously, you all know WWF that is now WWE. Yes. Yes. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Very good. Yes, well done. Yes. The Rock. Let's just yell names at one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Meanie. No? No, guys? Okay, there you no. go. <laughs> no, um, no. But, um, so in the mid-90s, Ted Turner, who is a billionaire who runs Turner Movie Channels, TMC. Oh, right, yeah. Right, he has all the rights to all the old films. Oh, yeah. He decided to take on Vince McMahon, and he bought all of Vince McMahon's big stars, so Hulk Hogan, Macho Man... Diesel, Razor Ramon, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and he took on the WWF in the mid to late 90s and started to beat them. So they were actually the biggest wrestling organisation in the world. Which one's this? WCW? Yes, World Championship Wrestling. Right. right. And AEW at the moment, which is run by Tony Khan, he owns Fulham, 
football club. Really? Wow. And he's doing the same thing now that WCW did in the mid-90s, and he's now taking on the WWE. He hasn't quite got there yet, but he's just below. Right, wow. See, I'm actually quite interested in wrestling. Oh, yeah? Do you like wrestling, Matt? I did. I, well, do I like wrestling? No. <laughs> <laughs> But I am interested in it because I find it quite fascinating. But what I find fascinating is the scheduling, like what they have to go through. The wrestler's life I find quite intriguing. Well, basically, what you like about it is the fact they have to work out every day and you get a hard-on over that. Well, also, you know, they are pretty full-on athletes when you think about it. Everyone thinks it's a bit of a joke or whatever. But what they're doing is pretty extreme and they're doing it, you know, every night of the week. It's pretty hardcore. I watched a documentary called bigger, harder, stronger or something about steroids and drugs and things. And they talk to loads of wrestlers about what they have to do to kind of keep up with the scheduling, you know, and what that kind of life is like. So I find it fascinating. I was working with a guy and he was directing a movie coming up with a wrestler in it. So we went to the WWE not too long ago to meet The Miz. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. I wish I hadn't said wow then, but yeah, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. I loved being backstage. I loved seeing what was happening. You know, like it was really quite a big fanfare. I loved it. I was like, I think I'm going to get into wrestling. I have yet to watch it since. Okay. But I did enjoy it. Yeah. So what is it about wrestling that you love? Is it that bit of nostalgia from your childhood that's still present? Or Yeah. So I'll tell you what it is. Obviously, I just liked wrestling as a kid like everyone else. Yeah. But I've got quite obsessive behaviour. So I can't just, like, you know, someone else might watch a bit of wrestling, dip in and out. I would get books, buy notepads, A4 notepads, and I would write my own wrestling storylines and I would make my poor younger brother sit down whilst I acted out entire fictional wrestling programmes. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty extreme. That is pretty fucking extreme. I mean, the thing is, Sean, like, obviously, like, you started comedy a couple of years ahead of me. Like, I've yes. always really looked up to and respected you. And I feel like this is a real leveller for me. Like, <laughs> you're just a loser like everybody else. You say you're a closet wrestling fan. At what point do you let people in your life know about this obsession you have? On a podcast that is about obsessions. Oh, this is the only time you really... <laughs> I will, like, a couple of times, if there's someone that says they love wrestling, I will then offer the truth. Okay. And then I tell someone about it and they go, wow, no one knows that. No one... You should do a bit about this on stage. And I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I find it quite meditative like it's sort of nonsense it's men and now women dressed up in these big glamorous outfits and they sort of dance around a ring and there are these ridiculous storylines it's so sort of not of this world that if i just put it on before bed and i could escape everything because it's so utterly ridiculous i love it so the podcast you listen to before bed, is it deconstructing things that are happening in wrestling then? What are these podcasts about with it? So, like, do you know who Jim Ross is? No. No. So Jim Ross is probably the biggest commentator of all time. And he's no longer with the WWF. And what he does for three hours, up to three hours, him and the host will look back at a pay-per-view. So, say, WrestleMania 14, which was in 1998. And for three hours... 
they will talk about the behind the scenes and what was actually happening going into the pay-per-view. And that, for me, is heaven. I can just switch off from the world. Wow. So you're quite happy to peek behind the curtain. You don't need to believe it. I don't even watch it now. I just read about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. Being a wrestling fan, do you think the wrestling is overlooked by, say, the award ceremonies? And do you think there's any storyline throughout history that could be worthy of an Emmy? Well, there is one storyline that happened in 1997. Okay. Which is now famously dubbed the Montreal Screwjob. Famously dubbed? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm sorry, I just want to point this out before this story. I've never seen Matt Rintz a guest so hard <laughs> today. I can't believe like, I thought that's what this podcast is, and I'm getting bullied. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, the Montreal screw job happened, it took place in 1997, and I'm going to assume you've heard of Brett the Hitman Hart? Yes. Yeah, totally. It's Brett Hart is the WWF champion, right? You got there. Okay. And at Survivor Series, he will be facing Shawn Michaels. Okay. Now, in real life, they really, really hate each other Okay. at this point. Right. And even though wrestling is theatre and not real, Bret Hart still doesn't want to drop the title to Shawn Michaels, even though it's fake. Okay. But the problem is, Bret Hart has signed for WCW at this point. So his last match is going to be against Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series. So Vince McMahon is like, you have to drop the title. We can't have you win the match and then go to WCW, right? Yeah. But Bret Hart has in his contract, he's got creative control. Yeah. So Vince McMahon can't make him drop the title. Wow. So they're basically, they come to an agreement. The only agreement that they could come to is that the end of the match will be a double disqualification. So Bret Hart won't lose the match, Sean won't lose the match, and Brett will come and relinquish the title the next night on Raw and say goodbye and go to WCW, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. The end of the match is meant to be Sean Michaels gets Bret Hart into Bret Hart's special move, the sharpshooter, right? and Bret Hart reverses it into his special move, the sharpshooter, and then all the other wrestlers come down and it's a double disqualification. That's the end that is agreed on. Okay. But what happens is when Sean Michaels gets Bret Hart in the sharpshooter, Vince McMahon calls the bell. So Sean Michaels wins the match And that is not what was agreed on. So Bret Hart, at the end of the match, in real life, spits in Vince McMahon's face. What? Uses his finger to write WCW down the camera, goes backstage and knocks out Vince McMahon. (laughs) What the fuck? Amazing. I mean, that's less of a storyline and just real life stuff then bubbling over yeah it's amazing oh my god amazing it's called the Montreal Screwjob I'm obsessed and I bet that was the biggest fucking thing because suddenly there was a little bit of real life and people would go see it's real no honestly it changed the whole of wrestling forever this one moment right after the Montreal Screwjob I'm not sure I knew about the, the Screwjob in as much detail as I do now and I emailed Bret Hart like on the website you know like you could contact yeah, yeah. But I thought I was emailing Bret Hart and I begged him to go back and face Shawn Michaels because I believed he could beat him. (laughs) How old were you in 97? Uh, How old was I? 13, maybe? Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> did he reply? <laughs> no, 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 he didn't. <laughs> oh. I know, I know. Do you remember Serial, the real crime podcast where the Americans spoke really quietly about murder? <laughs> Maybe you should set up a podcast that analyses this like over 20 episodes. Because I really think you could do that. <laughs> I'm up for it. If there's an audience, if we get a response of this and people are like, I want to hear Sean do a wrestling podcast, it's happening. I mean, you should. like what, like what, Because also, wrestling fans are rabid. Like They love it, don't they, to such a degree that they will consume everything. Yeah. What I loved is watching them do the shit talking, you know, so like to the camera. Promos. Promos, you know, I think that's as big a part as the actual match, right? The one who's the best at that will prevail, would you think? And it was The Rock. Yeah, 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 he was the best, yeah. He would cut, it's called like cutting a promo. He would cut the best promos and now he is the highest paid actor in Hollywood. Yeah. That's where that comes from. Yeah, I'd be so shit at that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try my best. (laughs) That's all I've got. Is that the bit where you just slag off your opponent? Yeah, you'd be fucking brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I would be amazing at that. You would be king. (laughs) You would be fucking king, mate, yeah, yeah. Well, we should just, let's just all start calling me Matt the Rock Richardson. Like, let's just get it done. Okay, okay, done. If I was to wrote wrestling storylines, if I was to be a wrestler, Sean, what would my character and storyline be? Ooh. Oh, my God. Um, I reckon you'd be Matt the Bitch Richardson. <laughs> and you'd wear a gimp outfit. Yes. And I wouldn't actually beat anyone up. What I'd do is I'd just stand around the ring and I'd just go, well, I mean, it's not great, is it, what you're doing? And that would be it. <laughs> you know, like, and I'd just sort of like etch away at their confidence. <laughs> yeah. So, Matt, this, uh, this wrestling obsession... Good, bad, or bad, bad? I think it's good, bad. There's been moments in my life where I'm like, I think I could get into this because I like a bit of fantasy. I like theatre. I love dramatic shit. I love silly stuff. I love fucking working out and, you know, all that shit. So I'm like, I think I could get into wrestling. I just haven't got there yet in my life. It's either wrestling or cycling is going to happen to me at one point. Oh, Jesus. Wrestling. Please make it wrestling. I know, I know. I can't be dressed like that. But dressed like a wrestler. (laughs) Yeah. After this, I'm going to send you a wrestling match that will get you into wrestling. It's WrestleMania 17, the table, ladders and chairs match between the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys and Edge and Christian. And you will be hooked. Okay. When you walk into like a (laughs) hardware store, do you see like ladders and chairs and go, that wouldn't work? Or that'd be a good chair to hit? They taken on, do they take like a different role in your life? When I was a teenager, I would buy trays so I could smack my brother around the head with them <laughs> in a wrestling match. Fantastic. Thinking about it now, thinking about your obsession with wrestling, like silly outfits, ridiculous performances and loads of drama. Like, is that why you decided to do a reality show? Like, it feels like subconsciously that was behind it. <laughs> Sometimes I genuinely think there is a little bit of correlation between stand-up and wrestling. Really? Genuinely, these wrestlers have to sort of find their persona. And they do that by sort of taking a bit of their personality and then they make the wrestler and sort of the closer the wrestling act is to their personality, usually the better the rest. So Stone Cold Steve Austin, he never used to have that gimmick. He used to be called like, I can't remember something like Flying Steve. And then it, and he had long blonde hair. But, and he wasn't like what he was portraying. And then when they dropped all that and he basically just started acting like himself, that's when the persona Stone Cold Steve Austin was born. And that's when he went on to become uh, the WWF champion at WrestleMania 14, March 1998. Cheers, guys. 
<laughs> oh, wow. wow. So, Matt, what are you thinking? Good, bad or bad, bad? I think good, bad. You think? I think this is the kind of thing where sometimes on this podcast, when people talk about something, and it's not very often, I go, their passion for it has made me want to go and seek it out after we finish. And this is one of the few times that I think, actually, like this is something that has been sold to me now in a way that I've never heard before. So I think this is good, bad. I love it. The thing is, right, is with wrestling, is you can't deny it because um, whatever you think of it, you know, I went to the fucking O2 was sold out for three nights in a row and there's thousands of people there to watch it live and millions watching on pay-per-view. So obviously we're the odd ones out in a way. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she was like, yes, you yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> You're the losers. <laughs> yeah. I'm one over. So, Sean, can we have your next confession, please? So, my second confession, it's sort of a quirk that I've established over the years. It's when I cook, it doesn't matter how much I cook, I have to leave myself seconds, religiously. Do you understand? So, even if it is one portion, you can't put everything on the plate. You have to have some to go back to. Absolutely. So, what if you just make, like, one piece of toast? Who makes one piece of toast? <laughs> okay, question answered. Yeah. <laughs> well, just like what I mean is, say I cook a bolognese, just always leave myself seconds and you finish the bolognese. And when you finish, you always want more. And that feeling that you know there's more, that walk back to the saucepan, there is nothing like it. There is more bonnets. <laughs> Get in. So good. So rather than making yourself a second portion, do you consciously go, I'm going to put a bit less on my plate so I have that reward at the end? Yes. Right. Yes. That self-control that I didn't realise anyone had. Yeah, I don't have that. Like The difference for me is that I cook all the time and I'll always cook a shitload because otherwise... It's a pain in the ass. I'm like, who wants to cook one meal? Do you know what I mean? Like, if I'm cooking, I'm going to cook, like, seven fucking portions of it, and then I can eat it again. Well, hang on. What do you do with the six other portions? I Tupperware them up. Oh, fuck. And put them either in the fridge or the freezer. <laughs> oh, mate. No, I can't be doing with that. Really? You wouldn't go, yes, next week I can defrost that bolognese. Oh, I just can't be. But you've t- you're not cooking. You're cooking and packing. That's yeah. why. <laughs> Sean, what you have to realise about Matt, because he's ruined everything else, these are his bits of joy. <laughs> <laughs> Tupperware is like, oh my God, like, mwah. Fucking love Tupperware. Cacao nibs in yoghurt, things like that are just like... Oh, yes. Yes. Right on my speed. Yeah. So basically, you're doing meal prep, but another meal for in 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely think it comes from primary school when the dinner ladies, as a surprise, if there was leftover cake and custard, would then bring it out and say, who wants seconds? Oh, my God, yeah. It was like being at Glastonbury. Yeah. <laughs> it was just incredible. There was so much love in the room. Yeah. Just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. More <laughs> custard and cake. And it just comes from that, just that, oh, there's more, there's more. Have you ever tried to get to stop this habit by just having the portion and then you were too disappointed? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And I just have like a little sog. It's just a little, it's a, it's a sadness. Is it enough to ruin the rest of your day? It's not enough to ruin the rest of my day, but it's just a moment of genuine sadness. You know, like it's the equivalent of if you're having a really good night in a pub and you hear that bell of time at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. And just that sadness that comes over you. That's what I get when there's no seconds. It's just if you watch a football match and there's no goal. Yeah. It's nil-nil, and you didn't get to celebrate. It's a real strange, empty feeling of I didn't get to let out all of that tightness inside. I didn't get to jump and scream at the world. That's what it's like when you don't have seconds. This happened to me about three days ago. I bought a family-sized bar of dairy milk to sit and have while I watched a film one night. And that was like my treat that I was looking forward to all day. Lovely. And I got home and Sam had eaten it. And I'd been building up without that release at the end. Of, like, I was like, yes, I can't wait for that. That's what my evening's going to be about. And then it wasn't there. That's it. And it didn't make me angry, but I was just really like deflated and just a bit melancholy for a while. It's that and it's the end of a box set. When you get to the end of a series and you just go, what now? Yeah. What's life without this? Yeah. What's life? <laughs> what is life without some more lasagna? I love the idea of you being in a restaurant, getting to the end of the meal and just thinking, well, what now? Like, that is, <laughs> that is lovely. Because <laughs> you go, what's the fucking point anymore? <laughs> so is this something that if you were having a dinner party, if you had people over for dinner and other people want seconds, would you sacrifice your seconds for them? to be polite. First of all, I would never have people round for dinner. Okay, fine. <laughs> Ever. Ever? No, that's just my idea of hell. Okay. Really? Yeah. Because they'd eat your food or because you'd have to sit in a table and chat to them? Uh, just like, I, I don't really like people using my bathroom. <laughs> you know, if it's your friends, I'll see them at a thing. You don't need to come round my flat. I'll tell you what it is. I think I'm so self-conscious that I'm not getting this life right. <laughs> I can't, like, take a comment. My, my friend came round, and he just made a comment about my wallpaper, and, and that was it. I thought, he's never coming round again. I can't, <laughs> I can't handle this. I'm now looking at the wallpaper going, oh, do, like, is that bad wallpaper? Do I have bad taste in wallpaper? Oh, this is horrific. That's really funny. Yeah, I can't deal with it. Making a comment about your house is also like making a comment about your appearance isn't it absolutely your your tastes what you find beautiful it's quite an exposing thing to have someone come into your house it is yeah. i'll tell you what happens is people come around and they sort of tend to point out the same things 
and it's building up. I've got like an old, you know, whistleblower kettle. Yeah. That always gets commented on. Like, oh, bloody hell, why have you got that? Like, why don't you just have an electric... And I just, every time, politely go, I just sort of quite like the weight. You know, good things come to those who wait. I like that I can't have it immediately. Uh, It tastes better. If you have to wait... 15 minutes, you'll be more grateful that it's there and it will taste better. And at one point, I'm going to crack. Someone's going to go, huh, you got one of those steam kettles. And I'm going to go, why don't you just fuck off then? (laughs) (laughs) If you don't like my kettle, just get the fuck out of my house. You know, once again, though, your attitude to tea is the same as your attitude to seconds. Like yes. a bit of a weight, a bit more, you know, it's all this for you. Like Absolutely. You know, like people binge. Yeah. I have a friend, um, a comedian, a great mind, one of the country's best. He's called Henry Packer. We were talking about sport and he was talking about how he supports Arsenal and about how looking forward to watching the Arsenal match is better than the Arsenal match. You think about that in life. I think so often... The excitement of the thing is more exciting than the actual thing. So what I try and do is if I like something, I try and hold it off because that's actually where the pleasure is. Not getting the thing. No, getting the thing is it's not great. Waiting for the thing is great. Thinking about this, I've got a horrible confession. I prefer booking a holiday than being on it. Whoa, really? What the fuck is that? Organising a holiday, so like getting like, booking the flights, booking the hotels, like deciding where I'm going, waiting to go on the holiday. And then I get on the holiday and I go, well, this isn't relaxing because I'm here. (laughs) I'll tell you what, you book your holiday and I'll go on it for you. Yeah, fine. You should be a fucking travel agent, Matt. To be a travel agent, it looks like a really fun job. I do itineraries when we go on holiday, like I do every... Really? That part of it for me is as satisfying as being there. That feels like this, you're putting off a tea, like I like that part. No. When you drink the tea, you're like, oh God, it's just tea, in it. So are you disappointed in your choices then? So really, are you shit at planning holidays? Because no. they're not very good <laughs> when you get there. No, I think the holidays are good. It's just like... I am going to be anxious and stressed wherever I am in the world. It doesn't really matter. Right, right. So wherever you go, you take you. See, I like this, Sean, because I feel like it's about the journey, not the destination with you. Like, it's about, like, um, enjoying the process, right? And then when you have your second, Sean, do you ever think... Oh, I wish I didn't have that extra bit. And of course not. Really? Of course well, not. Because he plans it. It's not like he has a full portion and no, then like fine. goes overboard with another bit. He knows exactly what he's doing. See, I will just go back and go back and go back because I'm a glutton. Then I'll be disappointed in myself for eating too much. It's all quite meticulously planned out with you. I've, that is the first time anyone has said that I am meticulous. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Simply put, it's giving yourself a treat. Isn't it? It's just lovely. Right. Would you ever buy smaller plates so you go, well, I can have a second lot then? Um, no, I'll tell you what I did do. So if I had two slices of toast, I would cut them into four pieces. So then your brain has more pieces. You finish and start more, which means more pleasure. You know, that's the reason why they tell you to take two of tablets is because then psychologically people go, well, I've had more tablets, so I will feel better. Really? Rather than just giving you like a painkiller that's got all of it in one, you take two because the psychology is you feel better if you take two. Oh my God. I've always wondered that because I thought, who's taking one? Who only wants to get rid of half of the headache? (laughs) Yeah, that's the reason is because it tricks you into thinking you've taken more painkiller than you have. Wow. So Matt, um, how are we feeling about uh, Sean leaving himself seconds? Well, the thing is, I don't understand it because I will always make more than I need because um, because I, I have to. But I like it. 
I like the way that it's just a little bit of joy. I don't see anything wrong with it. And I like that. And I think life is, I mean, being alive is awful, isn't it? So I think if you can give yourself... (laughs) (laughs) It's utterly dog shit. (laughs) So I think the secret to life is always just giving yourself little, just little slices of joy wherever you can. Yeah. If I don't die today, I'll have that chocolate later on. Yeah, exactly that. And then right. you know, you finish your meal yeah. and you go, "Oh, I've got a little, I've got a little treat because you know what? I've gotten through a day of this absolute dog shit." So <laughs> it's great. I think it's, I think it's a really nice thing. I just think personally, I probably wouldn't have the self control to not just shove it all on a plate. So I couldn't yeah, do it myself, I'll, but I think it's good, bad. I mean, I eat it before it's on the plate. Like, I'm eating it out of the bowl that I'm cooking it in. Like, I have no self-control. But I admire the self-control, so I think this is good, bad. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Okay, Sean, so this is the part of the show where listeners write in to me and Matt okay. to tell us their confessions about what they get up to when no one's watching. And we get to judge them. Hooray. Great. Right, Matt, have you got one? Yeah, I've got one. A guy wrote in to me and said that he is a full-on air drummer. Like, he's obsessed with it. He air drums all the time. So much so that he's even bought some sticks. So now he has his own air drumming drumsticks, although he's never played the drums or ever intends to in his life. But he sits there on his own in his room, cranks some music and pretends to drum with the sticks in his room. By the way, just straight off the bat, good, bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolute stormer. (laughs) Because who hasn't enjoyed a solid air drum in their life? Yeah, I mean, I got caught not that long ago, maybe about a year ago. I was air drumming in standstill traffic on the motorway. Yes. (laughs) And these lads, and they were like, what, like 19 or 20? They were sat next to me in the car and watched me air drum for ages and then laughed at me for the next hour as the traffic moved on. (laughs) And we got out of the traffic and I went as fast as possible to get away from them. And about 45 minutes later, I pulled into a services. They came in behind me and were like, oi, fucking wanker. Fucking drum wanker. (laughs) I've got some negative feelings around air drumming now, but it was an enjoyable moment. Right. I'm actually surprised at how much I'm not incredible at drums. Every time I sit at a drum kit, I just think I'm going to be fucking amazing because the amount of time I spend, you know, and then I get on the drum kit, I'm like, oh, this is really hard. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't what it was like in my mind. (laughs) Uh, Oh, God. I'm I'm surprised you've got any respect for drummers, Matt, considering your band doesn't even have one. Yeah, I know. Not welcoming photos. (laughs) (laughs) You stay back there. I've never been like one for like dancing, or even air guitar or air drums, but I still to this day will pretend I'm in a music video. In what respect? Like how? So say I'm in the kit. It's often my music videos are often take place in my kitchen, and it'll be like you know, like I will say there's a lyric. I will turn. I'll like turn to that camera that's not there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. My favourite one is the like the spinning helicopter shot where I'm being filmed. Nowadays, it would be a drone. It would be a drone <laughs> shot doing a 360 in the sky and I'll like look up at it with my hands in the air and spin round and do it. If you're not lucky enough to have musical ability, you have to just pretend. You have to. Yeah, there is something about that. Do you know what? It reminds me, I walked in on one of my kids recently and they were singing in their bedroom and really going for it, like performing and having the best time. Yes. And I walked in and they looked devastated and were like, oh, um, 
Oh, no. Tried to kind of like, oh, no. like make it out that they were just mumbling to themselves. I was like, no, you go for it. Come on, let's put it on, <laughs> let's crack out. You know, I was like, well, I wanted to jump oh. off the fucking bed with them. I was like, no, don't be shamed. Let's go for it. Own it. That's so cool. I love that story. That's great. That's really wholesome. I think we're all in agreement on this one. Good, bad for me? 100%, yeah. 100% good, bad. Well done, mate. Yeah, nice one. Sean, can we have your next confession, please? My next confession is that I have baths that can last up to three hours. What? Three hours? Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you like a shriveled, wrinkled man? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> I mean, three hours. Yeah, That's yeah. a really long time. Isn't it freezing cold? And I just keep keep filling it up, keep wasting, <laughs> wasting the planet's resources for my bath. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so you top it up as you're in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep it hot. Right, right. Bubbles, candles, the whole shebang. What do you do in there? Yeah. Um, classical music. Really? Really? This is a different side to you, Sean. <laughs> I mean, this is something we haven't seen yet. <laughs> and you never will see. Yeah. <laughs> By classical music, are we just talking everything off the album Cheshire Cat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. I, I uh, bubble bath, candles, classical music, and whatever book I'm reading. Maybe a podcast. I just sit there for hours. I absolutely love it. Wow. And how often does this happen? Uh, everyone, once every couple of weeks. Wow. Oh, so it's not like a really super regular thing. It's a real treat. No, it's only not a regular thing because I've been busy. If I'm not busy, then I'll just, that's my bath. That's how I wash in the evening. I'll, I'll sit in the bath for three hours. Really? I mean, three hours, dude. Wow. Yeah, I enjoy it so much that sometimes I've been in the bath for, like, say, an hour and a half, and I think I've been in there for 20 minutes. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. I've really got you. You two are speechless. You're like, I, I I'm just... quite blown away by this. It just makes perfect sense why you run over at gigs so often now, if you think an hour <laughs> and a half, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Matt's already got an opinion of my bathing schedule. Oh, tell, yeah. tell, tell me. Well, I see a bath as a bit of a challenge. Oh. I only put the hot tap on. Yeah, abs absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Literally, if it makes my skin red, then I will put the shower head on cold for like a bit just so I can get in. Yeah. Then I will get in the water yeah. and set a timer for 20 minutes. Oh. And that's me kind of winning. I have to withstand it and not get out for 20 minutes. What's that about? What's the 20 minutes? Well, it... <laughs> Okay, because I don't have a sauna in my house. Yes. And basically there's something that is released in your body called heat shock proteins, which are anti-aging and for longevity reasons. So they're really good for you. Here we fucking go. <laughs> so they can actually extend your life. Well, hang on a second. Hang on a second, Matt. I do it for three hours. How comes I look fucked and you look great? <laughs> well, the thi <laughs> well, the thing is, you're going to also live to 220. Um, <laughs> okay, you know, And great. you just don't know it yet. <laughs> I think the three-hour thing is your skin's melting. <laughs> But yeah, so that's what I do. So I have a very different regime to you. But I find 20 minutes almost unbearable. So I can't think of being in there any longer than that. Well, yeah, but you're putting boiling water in your bath, Matt. Like, yeah. it's, you, you're trying to make it unpleasant for yourself. Yeah. What I tried to do was do the bath as hot as I can, do 20 minutes, then get in a freezing cold shower, then back into the bath. But I couldn't do it. I got in the shower for like two seconds. I was like, fuck off. And I got out, which... um. <laughs> 
which still upsets me now that I'm that weak. Don't be hard on yourself. It's fine. Oh, thanks, Sean. Thanks. You're doing really well. So anyway, back to your bar. Yeah. They set the scene. So the lights are dimmed. The candles are on. Yes. There's classical music playing. Yeah. And you have a book. I have a book. All right. Currently, that book is Errol Flynn's autobiography, which I highly recommend. Oh, I've never read a book in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm surprised by that. Well, I've read a lot of nutrition books and kind of like um, books on kind of like oh, God. self-help and shit. <laughs> but I've never read like um, like an autobiography or, or anything like that. I don't know why. I don't know why. It just um, doesn't ever grab me like every time I've tried. I really enjoy when people like, say, yourself and Ian Sterling come on this podcast who enjoyed Busted at a point in their life because it really shatters yeah. everything they thought about Matt Willis. <laughs> <laughs> I like it for me, like when you're telling me about these like 20-minute baths and you have to fill them up and it, it releases like the like those what heat protein or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It just sort of solidifies the fact that you used to be absolutely carnage. Like, <laughs> just, like yeah. yeah. Uh, You've just gone the other way. I've got a lot of making up to do. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you were to move house, would it be a deal breaker if it didn't have a bath? Absolutely. Right, right. Absolutely. I need, I need a bath. For me, right, I come from, um, my mum's not Irish, but my dad is very much Irish. And in that sense, it was very much an Irish household. It was very loud. It was very emotional. Like Dylan Moran's got this line about, you know, how emotional the Irish can be about, like the Irish will open the curtains and go, oh no, it's fierce mild. <laughs> <laughs> like everything is impassioned and everything is like everything is chaos and so that was my upbringing the house was just loud and and chaotic and the only room in my household growing up that had like a lock like most houses was the bathroom yeah as a kid that was the panic room right that you could go there right and you could lock the door and it would be peaceful and that's just stayed with me and that like the bathroom is if i've had a stressful day i mean i basically sat in the bar for the whole of 2019 <laughs> That was not a fun year. (laughs) 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 Fucking horrific. So I'm just in the bath and... And I, I could just sort of everything goes away and you're safe. You're safe in the bath. Nothing can go wrong. No one can get you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't even have a bath in my flat. Like, I got rid of it, put a shower in. Really? You got rid of it? Well, yeah, because I've got a nice walk-in shower because like, I don't like a shower that's over a bath. And very often, that's the choice. I don't yes, like to yeah. stand in a bath to shower. Right. I'm not interested in having a bath. For me, that is like wasted space in a bathroom. I just don't really get it. Where do you relax? Where's the off switch? Where are we getting away from, like, the world? I mean, like, just... You need to get away from the world. Is Play Magazines? I've got my Play Magazines. I just... You what? You know, oh, here we go. Oh, let's go there. I'm, what? I'm into planes. Like you're into wrestling. I'm into planes. Matt Richardson is into planes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into commercial aviation. Oh my god! Can I guess something? I'm just gonna a wild guess. Just gonna go for it. Did your nan or something used to like take you in the airport? Like take you to, to the window and you like look at the planes? No, but that's something I very much take myself to do now. <laughs> oh my god! You're a plane spotter. Yeah, absolutely. Oh I'm a plane god. spotter, and you won't make me feel bad about it. I've no shame about this. Good for you. No, he owns it. He fully owns it. I love it. But yeah. A bath for me isn't somewhere I'd feel, ah, oh, this is where I'd want to come and relax and chill out. Like, I don't see a bad thing about this, but like, I don't get it personally. Willis, where do you get away from the world? Oh, 
I enjoy a bath every now and again. I like that, but I do it for different reasons. But um, what, what do I do? I go to the gym a lot. That's the get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my thing, you know. So I kind of zone out for that. Mine's in the car. I stick an audio book on in the car, and really? I love being in the car. You can't pick up the phone or anything, so you're just sort of in this bubble, yeah. away from everything. And then you get out of the car and you go, "Well, everything's going to shit." But that's for me. I love getting in the car and listening to an audio book. That's kind of my time, I'd say. Yeah, there is something about that time in the car, you know. Plus, any time I've got like music, like a new mix of something, and I will always take it into my car to listen to it because there's something about listening to music in the car which I think just makes it better yes absolutely yeah you know what I totally get the, everyone needs a place don't they and yours yeah. just happens to be the bath <laughs> yeah, yeah love it I mean it's still an extraordinarily long time to sit in water three hours is excessive yeah three hours I mean you could swim the channel in that I genuinely reckon I've had a four hour bath really fucking hell man yeah. I can't even fathom that but it's a nice thing like and I understand your reasoning I think it's good bad I like the idea of it I just couldn't do it. I'm too fucking ADHD. I'm just like, I need to do something else. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like fair I'm, enough. I'm, I can't do it. I just, as soon as I get in a bath, I just think, oh, I could have, I, yeah, I can't really. It's just not, I don't get any joy out of that experience. Right. Yeah. But I think it's nice. Years ago, when I first started going out with my girlfriend, she had a bath and she was like, maybe we should have a bath together. And after a while, you are just sat in the bath. It's not very, you just sat there staring at each other in the bath. Like, it's it's just not a fun thing for me, the bath, in any way. I like that. You like a bath with the old... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd love a bath with you, Matt. Oh, with me? Oh, I thought you were talking about your wife. <laughs> yeah, well, I obviously fucking am. You know, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so I don't get that. But yeah. So, so what do you feel about this, Matt? Good, bad or bad, bad? Good, bad, right? Look, I think it's something that I would never do myself or ever even think about doing, but it's good, bad. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, I'm the same. Three hours is excessive, but it's nothing wrong with it. Good, bad. Yes. Thanks very much for coming on. Because you're such a wrestling fan, before we go, and you said you love the cutting a, what's it called? A promo. Yes, well done. Can you coach us through so Matt and I can insult each other in the way that the wrestlers do before you go? Okay, absolutely. Are the two of you going into a wrestling match? Okay, so we're going to wrestle. We're going to wrestle. You know, it's going to be brutal. There might be some kissing. Like, let's just go for it, you know. <laughs> okay, so what you want to do is you want to think of something that you don't like about the other person. <laughs> okay. Okay, and I'm sure that both of you can find something. And you want to get that in there. You want it to be impassioned. I think the more that you can sort of mean it, the more powerful it can become, the more realistic it becomes. If you can get something real in there, then the audience are going to buy it. And I think that really gravel the voice, really get that voice gravelly. You want spitting when you're talking. You want to mean it. And it's literally just you're insulting this person. You're insulting them, but you want them to know the most important thing to get across is that you are going to beat them no matter what. Okay. Okay. I'll give you something to go by. I always... When I was a teenager and I was doing the wrestling storylines to my brother, I would always put on a sort of accent. Okay. Uh, like my wrestling voice. And can we get a little example of that? Just well, as... so I was at a wrestling faction at college called BCW, which was Brighton Championship Wrestling. <laughs> Amazing. I was a manager and my wrestling name was Sean Fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do this thing where I would, the F for fashion, and I would do that. At the end of a promo. <laughs> Make the F with your eye. Make the F over your eye. Yeah. Oh. But it's a gang sign for fashion. Fucking God. <laughs> yeah. Short fashion. I love it. Uh, yeah. One of the other wrestlers was called Evil Dave. <laughs> right. Perfect name. 
Evil Dave. He was evil. <laughs> okay, let me let's see if I can remember this. We're going to face each other at WrestleMania in a triple threat match. The fact of the matter is, you can bring your two asses, and it doesn't matter what you think or what you do, because I'm coming out of that match, the WWF World Wrestling Federation champion. The two of you with your glasses, your four-eyed bitches, I'm going to whoop your ass. One, two, three. Amazing. That's fucking fantastic. I was scared. I forgot my line. This is real. From Sean Fashion. I'm going to take you to, to WrestleMania. And without a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to take you down the catwalk. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fashion eye. Yes, I love it. <laughs> oh, I am never going to respect you again. Like, that is so funny. The voice definitely sounds like a wrestler. <sighs> yeah, you got to get a wrestling voice going on. Get a wrestling voice. So get your wrestling voices. Okay. Oh, oh. very good. Very good. Okay, Matt. I'm going to shove your little cat so far up your ass. <laughs> You're going to be purring for weeks. <laughs> Great. Right, go, Matt. Okay. Go. You hit me back. Brilliant. Man, I'm going to come after you and your lack of knowledge in books. The only thing you've ever read is about nutrition. How are you going to beat me with a healthy shit? Not a chance, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to beat you so bad, your wife is going to host the spin-off show to talk about how I whoop your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wicked. Love it. I think we've got a future. I'll email Vince McMahon and see what I can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send it in. You do a podcast with Paul McCaffrey as well sometimes, don't you? Where can people find that? Yes, it's uh, it's called What's Upset You Now. It's exactly 15 minutes. It's me and another great comedian. Another, another great comedian. <laughs> another, <laughs> another comedian who is great called Paul McCaffrey. And we, uh, yeah, we moan for exactly 15 minutes. It's called What's Upset You Now. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, download it or whatever you have to do. Great. Brilliant. I'm going to check it out. Mate, thank you so much. Thanks, mate. All the best. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Nice one. So there we have it, Sean Walsh. That was great. It was great. It was great. Obviously, we recorded this a little while ago, but he has since sent me randomly on Instagram at like seven in the morning. I got like a notification that he'd sent me a message. I was like, what's that? And it was a YouTube clip of some wrestling. <laughs> See, the thing is as well, a few years ago, I'd have been like, Sean's still up watching wrestling videos at 7am, but he doesn't drink anymore. So that was him getting up for a run or something. Yeah, exactly. But this was a while after yeah, as well. Yeah, he thought, yeah. oh, I need, I need to send Matt Willis that wrestling video. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't watch it. No. I'm sorry, Sean. I didn't watch it. Fair enough, mate. It was the Hardy Boys, apparently, but um, I didn't watch it. <laughs> um, look, I love talking to other comedians on this podcast, especially ones more successful than me. And I'm very excited that we're going to be doing it on the 22nd of May, live with Joel Domit. Yes. If you don't know who Joel Domit is, Joel Domit is one, two, three, four, five comedians above me in the pecking order of which middle class <laughs> white boy needs to die for me to get a job. <laughs> We're doing the live show at the Kentish Town Forum in London. We're going to have a couple of guests. Joel's going to be one. We're going to do some exclusive live stuff with you. Matt and I can't wait to meet you all. And you can get your tickets for that at the Podstop Festival page on Live Nation. Make sure you're there. Fantastic. Can't wait. Until next week. Thank you. Peace out. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure 
is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.